Well, good morning. morning. I already said that once, didn't I? (laughs) Um, I love that last song, New Creation, because it says, It wasn't until I stumbled and made my mistakes that I could know in my soul about God's amazing grace. Isn't that true? We, We shouldn't have to, but we make mistakes. We all fall short. And I'm going to tell you a story today about a man in the Bible who made a lot of mistakes, okay? But the Lord uses them anyway because the Lord uses messed up people. And um, in fact, we're in a new series right now called Origin Stories, and we're going to be looking at a lot of different stories in the Bible and um, in the Old Testament that maybe you read when you were a kid, and you might have a little skewed vision on what they actually mean. So we're going to look into them a little deeper um, but before I get started with that, I want to ask you guys a question. Does anybody here, when they were a kid, have Batman as a superhero? Wow, not that many. What about Spider-Man? Spider-Man was a big hero for me. You already said Batman. <laughs> Would you guys ever get in these conversations when you were a kid, these arguments where you had um, you were talking about um, Spider-Man and Batman, and you were like, well, Batman can really kick Spider-Man's butt. And then somebody would come and say, no, no Superman would actually come in because he's indestructible. And you're like, no way, because Batman would figure out a way to make kryptonite, and he'd take Superman out, right? <laughs> it's that simple, you know? But when I was a kid, I actually had a superhero, and his superhero was actually from the Bible. I, I had a children. You guys remember these? Anybody have these children's stories? And they got a lot of cool pictures in them. (laughs) And there was a a particular person in the Bible, and he had this really long hair. Go figure. (laughs) Go figure. And he was super strong. He was chosen by God, and he had supernatural strength. And he did these amazing things like slay a whole army with nothing but a jawbone. And... um, I had this vision of that I kind of wanted to be like that. So, like, when I was growing up, I, I wouldn't let my parents cut my hair. They'd almost have to tie me up to cut my hair. <laughs> and a lot of you probably thought, oh, I thought he was from the 80s. He was stuck in the 80s. And that, that's actually true. <laughs> stuck. I'm, de- I'm definitely stuck in the 80s, but I actually had hair, I guess, before, long hair before it was even, I guess, cool. And then it was non-cool again. But um, my vision of... Samson was a little bit skewed as a child. And, um, well, take a look, because this is how Samson was to me. Take a look at this. Now, that's a superhero, right? I mean, come on, you know. But today we're going to learn um, the, the Samson's name in Hebrew means brightness, means sunny. And Samson really didn't live up to his name very well. In fact, this story is really not a story about strength at all. It's a story about weakness. Because Samson was driven by emotions. Samson had one foot in the world, 
and one foot with God. And um, he starts out pretty good because he starts out, um, he's born in an ordinary family. His father's name is Manoah. And Manoah's wife cannot conceive a child. She's barren. And um, this is similar to uh, Sarah in Genesis, um, the mother of Isaac, and Hannah, um, mother of Samuel. And even in the New Testament, we see this with Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. And so I want to start, I'm going to start reading in the book of Judges. And I can tell you there's basically four chapters about Samson. And I encourage you to go home and read all four. I wish I could go through the whole thing. But um, it's better than any movie that you'll watch tonight. And you can get through these four chapters in less time than it takes to uh, watch a movie. So um, I'm going to start in chapter 13. Um, our, our, in chapter 13, 5 in Judges, okay? And it, this is an angel comes to um, Manoah's wife, and this is what he says. He says. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son. His hair must never be cut, for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. So the Philistines were a people that was a, a really big threat for Israel. Not only to invade Israel, but because they worshiped false gods and could corrupt Israel and pollute Israel. So um, the Lord forbid them to, to, from intermarriage and from interacting with the Philistines. But we're going to find out that Samson really doesn't listen to that. Um, he also says that he's designated as, an, as a Nazarite. What's a Nazarite? So you can find out a lot more about a Nazarite if you read the book of Numbers. In chapter 6, there's really a detailed account of what a Nazarite is. But normally a Nazarite is when you take a vow. It's a holy vow. And there's certain um, requirements you have to follow. In Samson's case, he was born that way. Um, he was dedicated by God to be a Nazarite, which means he has to follow these vows his whole life. And one of the vows is he can't cut his hair. Uh, the second vow is that he can't touch a dead body of any kind, can't go near or touch a dead body. And the third vow is he can't drink any kind of fermented or alcoholic drink or wine or anything like that. And we're going to find out that Samson... This kind of weak moral character, one foot in the world, and he's going to break a lot of these vows. And I'm going to focus in on three failures um, that he makes. And the first one we find in uh, chapter 14, Judges chapter 14. It says, one day when Samson was in Timnah, one of the Philistine women caught his eye. When he returned home, he told his father and mother a young Philistine woman in Tinma caught my eye. I want to marry her. Get her for me. Wow. His father and mother objected. Isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among all the Israelites you could marry, they asked? Why must you go to the pagan Philistines to find a wife? But Samson told his father, get her for me. She looks good to me. <laughs> wow. I'd get slapped upside the head if I talked to my parents that way. I mean, she looks good to me. He hadn't even talked to her, okay? And his parents know that this is forbidden. They're trying to talk him out of it. But uh, Tinma, actually, you can actually go to and find this today. Here's a picture of, they found where the city is. And um, 
it's a pretty amazing story because it's really the first failure he makes is he disrespects his parents. And it's, you know, it, it amazes me. I'm, I'm thinking about this conversation that they're having, right? And, the, and, and Manoah's probably going, you know, you haven't even talked to her, Samson. And Samson's, but dad, she seems really nice. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm reminded that my daughter in a month is going to be turning 15, and I'm going to have to deal with all these dating things. <laughs> um, but he's got one foot in the world. And um, so he goes to Timna, he's Timna, sorry, to take um, his wife in marriage. And this is not Delilah, by the way. This is pre-Delilah. And uh, on the way there, this lion attacks him. Now, in southern Canaan, during this time period, there was lions. There's proven um, factual evidence that lions existed from other documents outside the Bible in uh, this region. And he gets attacked by this lion, and it says, the Spirit of the Lord comes on Samson, and he grabs the lion, and he just rips it apart, okay? Um, I'm not so sure that Samson realizes it's the Spirit of the Lord. I think he's starting to get a little arrogant here because he comes back a little bit later. Most likely, he wants to admire his kill, and he sees the carcass of the lion, and he sees a bunch of insects buzzing around it, and it happens to be a bunch of bees, and they've actually made a hive inside the lion. And so he reaches inside there, and he grabs out the honey, and he eats it. Do you remember what I said about the Nazarite vow? Do not touch a dead body. Do not go near a dead body. So he makes a second failure where he disrespects God because he disrespects that vow. So, as I mentioned, he actually does get married for a very short period because this does not go well for Samson. Because he tells this riddle at the marriage party, and the wife deceives him by giving away the riddle, which sets off a whole whole mirage of these events. First off, he takes some foxes, he catches them, and he he puts some torches ties them to their tails, and he sets them loose in the fields of the Philistines. And it takes out the whole food supply of the Philistines because all their wheat gets burnt up along with a whole bunch of other stuff. And this creates a back-and-forth revenge uh, between the Philistines and between Samson. And it ends up in the showdown where the Philistines sent a whole army, a thousand of their um, warriors to take out Samson. And he's tied up, and he pulls out of his ropes, and he grabs a jawbone, and he single-handedly takes out the army. Because of this, he becomes super legendary. Um, not only with the Israelites, but the Philistines are scared of him well, as well. And he ends up leading the Israel nation for 20 years. But he still got one foot in the world, and he's still going around at night to Philistine towns to meet women because he's got very low moral character. So my superhero is starting to not be 
as super anymore. While he's there, um, he's in a valley of Sorek, and he meets this woman named Delilah, okay? In comes Delilah. Now, this is really interesting. I have to read you because um, Delilah has a bunch of the Philistine rulers come to her and say, hey, we'll give you a bunch of money if you'll tell us the secret. If you can get the secret of Samson's strength, we'll give you 1,100 pieces of silver each, which is during that time would have been more than she needed for the rest of her life. And uh, this is what um, she does. She goes to Samson. This is going to blow your mind. In Judges 16, so Delilah said to Samson, please tell me what makes you so strong, and by the way, what it would take to tie you up securely. (laughs) I mean, is this a red flag or what? (laughs) I mean, come on. I mean, can you imagine going out on a date with somebody and they're like, so do you have a life insurance policy? (laughs) Is there any uh, duct tape or rope in your house anywhere? (laughs) I just, it's unbelievable. Um, So, she several times tries to get the answer out of him. He keeps fooling her. He says, well, if you tie me up a certain way, um, I'll lose my strength. So she does it, and he breaks out of that. And you'd think he would learn from this. Maybe I better not tell her the truth. But she comes to him one day, and she says, Samson, if you really loved me, have you heard this before? (laughs) If you really loved me, you would tell me the secret. You would tell me the truth. And so he does. And um, it gets pretty dark from here. So before I get too dark with you, I want to I sing a song, lighten it up a little bit. Is it okay if I sing a song? You guys ever hear of uh, the comedian Tim Hawkins? He's a Christian comedian, and he wrote a story about Delilah and Samson. It was like this. Hey there, Delilah, this is your ex-boyfriend, Samson. <laughs> you got to laugh at this or it's going to be awkward, okay? <laughs> I know you thought that lifting weights made me so buff and handsome, but you're wrong. It's because I let my hair grow long that makes me strong. Hey there, Delilah, you came in while I was sleeping And I couldn't feel you cutting And I didn't hear you creeping out the door You left my hair piled on the floor While I just snored I don't know what happened to my guitar (laughs) There it is Perfect Oh, what you did to me Oh, while I was asleep Oh, I'm a Nazarene Oh, but you shaved me clean Delilah, you're so mean I killed a lion, big and mean And slaughtered many Philistines All with a donkey's jawbone, that's no lie Now I'm chained up to the wall And I can't cry no tears at all Because they came and got stopped both my eyes This is a Bible story, people. 
Why'd you grab your clipping shears and shave my head like Britney Spears? And now I'm standing here in total shame, and you're to blame. Hey there, Delilah, why did you have to deceive me? It's hard for me to think not long ago I wanted you to be my bride. But you took too much off the sides. <laughs> Oh, Delilah. Anyway. <laughs> you see, the story really, uh, Samson represents the unfaithfulness of Israel during this time, and Delilah represents the world. And Delilah does something really um, interesting here. It says she lulls Samson just to sleep. So she gets the secret, and she does a lot of things that we see in the world. She gets him really comfortable, right? So she lulls him to sleep, puts his head on her lap, and then she brings in somebody, and they shave his hair off, and he wakes up, and he thinks he can get up and have the strength, but the strength is gone. And it's really sad because it says that he didn't know the Lord had left him. And the first thing that they do is they gouge out his eyes because that way, if he does get his strength back, what can he do, right? So just as all hope is lost, just as all, and we think there's just no way out of this, you know, this is the end of the Samson story. The Philistines have this big festival, and all of the Philistine leaders and rulers come, and there's like 3,000 people or more, and they're in this um, temple, and they're making fun of Samson. Goes, Let's bring Samson out. So they bring him out, and he says, man, I, I need to rest. Can you set me up against the pillars of the temple? And so they set him up against these two pillars in the temple. And um, what you should know about this is in uh, 1970s, they excavated some ruins, and they found a temple around the same time as this. It wasn't the temple that, that Samson was in. It was smaller. But what we know from that is there was these two load-bearing pillars that they have in the structure and the architecture that they put close together, and they put it in the center of the temple. And they're um, wood pillars, and they're on stone bases. And so Samson's up against those pillars, and he does something he's never done before, he finally gets humility, and he has a strength now, not only on the outside, but the inside. And he does something. He prays. He prays to God, and he says, Lord, please give me strength one more time. He realizes now it wasn't his strength. It was the strength of the Lord. And I'm imagining that people were mocking him, saying, hey, why don't you just push those pillars if you're so strong, right? And he does. And he pushes those pillars down, and the whole building comes down, the roof comes down, and it kills all of the rulers. So he, he kind of accomplishes his purpose um, by uh, keeping the Philistines from taking over Israel. But what does this all mean? What, you know, what... What does this all mean? What does this story tell us today? And it tells us God uses messed up people, but we need to let God lead our lives. We all fall short, 
and we need to humble ourselves because God has a special purpose for all of you. I want you to know that. You know, I know sometimes you might get intimidated a little bit because you see a great speaker like Pastor Sam and Mark Moore and Pastor Mike, and you might see some musicians. You're like, well, they have a special gift. I don't have a special gift. You do. You not only have a special gift, it's better because it's unique, and it's only you. You're the only one in the world that can accomplish the special purpose and the special plan that God has. Don't squander your gift like Samson did. See, Jesus looks at success much different. God looks at success. I'm going to read something to you, and this is in uh, Mark. We're going to move into the New Testament, but I want you to know what success looks like in the Lord's eyes. This is in Mark chapter 12. And it says, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple, and he watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts, but a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples and said to him, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all of the others who were making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. She gave it her all. She gave it her all. That's what God's looking for. I see it all over in the Bible as we read through. One foot in the world and one foot on the rock is not going to work. That's why the Lord says in Mark 12, 30, he said, you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, all your mind, all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm going to give you a couple things that you can take with you um, that flow with that. If you are trying to find your special purpose or your plan, but, or maybe you know what it is, but you don't know how to, how to use it, there's a couple ways that you can test it. Number one, you can ask, does it benefit you or does it benefit others? The second thing you can ask is, does it focus on you or does it focus on God? Does it glorify you or does it glorify God? I'm going to get the band up and we're going we're gonna to sing a song. And um, this song is called Me On Your Mind. And it says, you paid the price. You took the cross. Lord has you on his mind. And how does that look? 